0: You're listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review, and beyond, with your host, Greg Brenda. Well, a pleasant good day, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Greg Brenda here with you. And I gotta tell you, I never, 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 never thought I would be saying this. You know me. If you've been listening to me for a lifetime, because I've been around for a lifetime, or two or three, most recently, I have not been a big fan of the Browns. In fact, the Browns have annoyed me. The Browns have angered me. The Browns have disappointed me in many, 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 many ways for many, many, many years, nearly 30. You know how long that is, folks? That's a generation and a half. That is a long time. So what I'm about to tell you, I won't say hasn't come easy. Well, it hasn't come easy because of just history, just perspective on what has happened, or should I say has not happened to the Cleveland Browns since the late 80s. Now, before I begin, let me just say the Browns have a long way to go yet, all right, a long way to go. This is not instantaneous gratification. Oh, it's good. Oh, I let it out of the bag. I said it's good. But there's still a ways to go. Free agency, the NFL draft, which I think uh, is, what, four or five months away or something like that. I'm just kidding. End of April, approaching quickly, six weeks, yeah, six <laughs> yeah, six weeks till the NFL draft. But what the the Cleveland Browns accomplished on Friday, March the 9th was certainly stunning and shocking. Earlier in the week, a number of teams, especially uh, the LA Rams have st- started to to make some deals. Make some significant deals. Now, nothing can become official until the middle of March. That's when the NFL business season opens up, all right? Due to collective bargaining and all this other stuff, that's when things can be officially done. They can be unofficially done for a long time. But on March the 9th, the Cleveland Browns In a crazy couple of hours on a Friday night, similar to what the Cavaliers did on the NBA trading deadline. Remember that trading frenzy that took about, what, about an hour and a half? When the Cavaliers literally traded half their team and made themselves better, sort of. Um, The same thing kind of, you know, in a weird way happened on a Friday night with the Cleveland Browns. In just a, a few hours' time, which sent media members into a frenzy, the, Caval- uh, the yeah, I was going to say the Cavaliers, the Browns acquired Tyrod Taylor, quarterback from the Buffalo Bills. They acquired one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, Jarvis Landry from the Miami Dolphins. And they also acquired a decent cornerback from the Green Bay Packers for Demarius Randall. Yes, Demarius Randall, cornerback, Green Bay Packers for, for the guy that started 15 out of 16 games at quarterback, who was a second round pick, number, what number was he? 52 in the 2017 draft, Deshaun Kaiser. Yes, the Cleveland Browns, on Friday, March the 9th, traded their starting quarterback, their high quarterback draft selection of 2017. After a disastrous season, we won't go into Deshaun Kaiser's numbers. They weren't very good. We're not sure how good they could have been. We're not sure whether or not he got good enough coaching. Certainly the offensive weapons around him were not very good. And I think that Deshaun Kaiser, as the losses continued to mount, got into a mental funk that really didn't help him at all. And as we all know, culminated with an 0-16 season. You know, there have been a lot of discussion as to what the Browns are going to do at quarterback they are going to pick a quarterback hopefully still at number 1 we'll have uh, many conversations about that down the road and then there was this talk about acquiring a bridge quarterback someone that would um be kind of a veteran mentor would be decent not great you're not going to go pick up a great quarterback and kind of I don't know, bridge the gap between what you had, which no longer is there, and Deshaun Kaiser and what you might have going forward, whatever the Browns do at the quarterback spot for number one. Now, I've said this. I'm not going to um, change my thought. And, again, I want to be clear, and I may just mention this every time that we do a podcast, all right, because I get questions about this all the time. Greg, who would you pick at number one for quarterback? And I will continue to answer it this way. It really doesn't matter who I want. It really doesn't matter who you want. It really doesn't matter who the media wants. The only thing that matters is that the Browns, the people making the decision, John Dorsey and his crew, get it right. Period. End of story. And I've continued to say that no matter what the Browns do at that quarterback position in the draft, most of you will not like the pick. That's just how it is. Because of the four quarterbacks, all of them have some really, really, really good traits. And all of them have some really bad traits. But I still will hold to this that one of those four quarterbacks will stand out and will become a really, really, really good franchise quarterback in the future, hopefully for the Cleveland Browns, which means the Browns have to make that right pick. But in the interim, we now have Tyrod Taylor, who for the last three years for the Buffalo Bills has been a little better than average. Not great but certainly not what we have seen at the quarterback position here in Cleveland. 22-20 and 20 is record. Eh, all right? Lost that playoff game to Jacksonville this past January. 63% or just slightly under completion rate. The raw numbers, 51 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Pretty good for Mr. Taylor. All right. And again, that's that bridge quarterback you'd like. Boy, I got really nervous. And I, I said to myself, Am I gonna get angry again at the Cleveland Browns? Because there was a lot of discussion about the Browns really going after AJ McCarron, who was gonna be a free agent. And that whole that whole uh you know relationship with Hugh Jackson and the big hug on the field last year. And I'm going, the guy hasn't done anything. He's been a backup quarterback. He really has no track record. Boy, and I've been reading and hearing all of these draft picks and people who cover the Bengals and, you know, national guys. Oh, he's got all the stuff. He's got this. He's got that. I'm going, man, that's like the biggest hype for someone who has accomplished absolutely nothing. Nothing. And I just kept saying to myself, oh, my God, if the Browns go after this guy as their bridge quarterback, who's he going to mentor? He still needs to be mentored. What, A.J. McCarron is going to mentor a rookie quarterback when essentially he has really no games under his belt other than a couple? I think that was downright crazy. Well, the Browns took care of that on Friday, March the 9th, by going out and getting Tyrod Taylor. Again, not that we're you know, going to give the Browns a standing ovation for this, but considering what was out there, and again, there was some crazy stuff. Well, maybe the uh, Browns can trade for Nick Foles. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to trade for Nick Foles. Well, we can go after Teddy Bridgewater. And, and, and look what happened in Minnesota last year. I think all of that was pine in the side. Sam Bradford can't stay healthy. We have no idea as to the real health of Teddy Bridgewater. So, again, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of names thrown out there, none that really were appealing. Tyrod Taylor, and again, not that, again, he is not the be-all, end-all, save-all guy is the guy that the Browns are going after and finally got. And I'm okay with that. I really am. Honestly, as I said, I never thought I would ever say that, but I am. The Browns also gave up a couple of draft picks for Jarvis Landry, one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, a, A bit of a hot personality guy. Wondering how he'll be in the locker room. You know what the guy does? He catches footballs. Catches 100 footballs a year. 100. Hyundai. He basically caught as many receptions last year as the top five Browns wide receivers did in all of 2017. Him alone. Him alone. How is that not a win? How is that not a win? The Browns obviously needing help in the secondary and will still need help via via free agency or or in the NFL draft. Picking up Demarius Randall from uh, Green Bay in that deal for Deshaun Kaiser. Now think about this. There was an interesting quote. You know, a bunch of the front office guys from Green Bay are now in Cleveland. And there was this um, there was this comment made uh, on Twitter that said, well. They really, the Green Bay people in the 2017 draft really liked Deshaun Geiser as a backup to Aaron Rodgers, okay? Well, you get a couple of those guys who were in the pay- or in the uh, Packers front office, and now they're in Cleveland, and guess what? They trade Deshaun Geiser to Green Bay. Eh, and may- yeah, maybe you know, after watching him play for a year, Maybe Deshaun is not as good as we thought. Again, I I, I don't know what Deshaun Kaiser's future is. Aaron Rodgers for the Packers isn't going anywhere soon unless he gets hurt. And maybe this is what Deshaun Kaiser really needs. One of the top, maybe the second best quarterback in the NFL, mentoring him along the way. Is Deshaun Kaiser going to be the future quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? He's still very young. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But now that he's gone, I don't really care unless he comes back, ends up being the future quarterback for the Green Bay Packers and takes them to the Super Bowl. Again, I I know that's so far in the future, if and when that may or may not happen, That it doesn't even concern me right now. I I really, I, I just don't have time for that. So the Browns gave up draft picks. I get it. But you know what? Here's what the Browns still have. All of their draft picks in the first round and all of their draft picks in the second round. They still have one. They still have four. They still have 33. They still have 35, and they still have 64. So the Cleveland Browns have five, still have five of the top 64 picks. They have no picks in the third round anymore. They have one in the fourth, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh. Again, not like you can't find players in those rounds, folks, but it's a crapshoot. How about salary cap? Browns were well over a hundred million dollars in salary cap space, a hundred million in salary cap space. You know what? They still have approximately because you haven't you know realized what the contracts are going to be, they still have eighty million dollars in salary cap space. So it's not like some NFL teams who, again, like the Miami Dolphins who in part had to give rid of, uh, of, of of Jarvis Landry because they were over the cap. So the Browns are still sitting pretty, and those of you Browns fans who covet your draft picks, who love your draft picks, you're still going to have a crazy first couple of rounds. And again, that doesn't mean that the Browns might not trade one of those picks. Who knows? I'm curious as to what the Browns are going to do in free agency. Again, it's not like they've created um, heaven, you know, all of a sudden for Cleveland Browns fans and Cleveland media or whoever follows the Cleveland Browns. But the Browns are in a better position today than they were just hours ago. They really are. And that's good news. Like I said, I never, 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 never thought we would be in this position to say that. But we are today. You know, I was just looking at, you know, how how a lot of you covet those draft picks. And all I got to say is, folks, um, <laughs> it is it is remarkable how poor the Browns drafts have been. Not to say they haven't gotten any players. Because they have. You know, which is funny. Uh, Bill Livingston, great writer for The Plain Dealer, and I wrote a book. And I can't believe it's – I had to look at the copyright because I hadn't be- – I, I, I didn't believe it was this long ago. <laughs> and it was. In 2008, Bill and I collaborated on a book called The Great Book of Cleveland Sports List. That's, that's 10 years ago. We did this book. I can't believe it was 10 years ago I was writing this book with Bill. And my one of my assignments was to come up with the worst Browns draft pick since 1970, okay? Well, I had a lot to work with. But again, I say, the book was written in 2007, 2008. A lot, a lot of bad has happened since then. It really has. In fact, Just going up to 2008, I was to get a list of the 10 worst draft picks since 1970. I couldn't just keep it at 10. I actually had 12. I actually had 12. That's how bad the Browns drafts have been. And quite honestly, in a future um, podcast, I'm going to amend this a little bit. Because at who I have at number two, I will because it, it, it was unfair, and I've said this a million times. The worst draft pick since 1970 might have been Mike Phipps only because of wh- where he was drafted, who the Browns traded to get that pick, Paul Warfield, and what ultimately Mike Phipps did as a Browns quarterback. But just to give you a tease, since we wrote that book in 2008, and again, I'm going to go through this, and it's going to be a remarkably horrible podcast. Not, not, not horrible in the sense of me doing it. It's just horrible in the sense of what the Browns have done or have not done uh, since 1970. And again, most recently, since we wrote that book 10 years ago. I only go back to two drafts, folks, that will highlight that should make every Browns fan shudder. 2014 draft. The draft of Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel. Do I need to say anymore? I don't think so. And just two years prior to that, just think about this, just two years prior to that in 2012, Trent Richardson, the third pick in the draft, and then Brandon Whedon, number 22 in the first round. Think about that, folks. Think about bad. And again, which, and the reason I'm bringing this up, one, because I'm going to do this in more in-depth at a later time, but all you Browns fans who love your draft picks, I can't believe we're trading draft picks, Greg. If the 2012 and 2014 draft aren't enough to make you choke, then I don't know what would be the case. And again, as we approach the draft, we will get into the sad history of the Cleveland Browns. And and we'll talk about some of the great picks the Browns have um, delivered. You know, in that time of despair, since we wrote the book, there was Joe Thomas, there was Joe Hayden, and some other solid players. So for now, the Browns, it's a start. It's a good start. As I said, they have a long way to go in making this team relevant again. But they certainly have caught the attention and the eyes of the NFL fans, their own fans, the media, the national media. And maybe, just maybe, it's a step in the right direction. We'll see. All right, that's been another edition of the Dean's dissertation. Until next time, Greg Brenda saying, bye bye. Follow the Dean on Twitter at Sir Franks and Bacon. That's Sir Franks, the letter N, bacon. Mmm, bacon.